Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Celtic could be on the way to winning the title in a matter of uh, matter of hours, really. And uh, live from Glasgow, we're speaking to Hamish Carton from the 67 Hail Hail podcast. You can listen to it. You can watch it on YouTube as well. He's uh, one of the uh, most respected voices, I'll say, over there in, uh, in Glasgow. He's with us here on 1116 SEN this Sunday night. Hamish, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm brilliant, Jordan. Great day yesterday. Um, a little bit worse for weather today after a few drinks last night, um, but not enjoying myself. It's all for a good cause. Absolutely, a big win for uh, for Celtic, a four-one win over Hearts yesterday. They had the uh, the early lead as well. How are you feeling after three minutes into the match when Hearts went one 0 up? It's interesting because I, I was actually pretty relaxed. Um, I think there was a, a fair bit of tension in the stadium yesterday. I think when you when you get so close to, to glory, everything, you know, everything seems to matter a hell of a lot more. And, um, yeah, I, I was pretty relaxed when the goal went in. Celtic have shown immense resilience in matches this season and just clearly built that into the players. Ange clearly has a lot of it himself and it has had to rely on that, I would say, in his early time at the club. So I was always, you know, pretty relaxed that Celtic would relax themselves in the game, would start playing the football we've seen all season, and we get back into the game, and, and that's what transpired. You've got two more matches left in the season against uh, Dundee United's coming up on Thursday later this week, or Thursday our time anyway, later this week, and then Motherwell uh, to end the season off on the weekends. But it's, uh, it might all be wrapped up by tonight, though, because uh, Rangers against Dundee United. Now, confirm this for me or clarify, please. If Rangers drop points tonight, then Celtic have the title, Yes. Yeah, so we are nine points clear. Rangers only have three games left, so any drop points for them means that they can't catch us. Um, so, yeah, I've been kind of turning and throwing from from what I want to happen. I would never say I want Rangers to win a game because that would go against everything as a Celtic fan that I stand <laughs> for. But um, yeah, I mean, if if it's settled today, it's settled today. We'll have a big party again. If not, we go to Wednesday and we can win it ourselves. So it's win-win the way I look at it. Yeah, so what? Yeah, I guess as a fan, what would you prefer? I guess it sounds like you'd prefer to actually win the title when when the team is playing and the stadium is full. Yeah, well, I've got a ticket for for Wednesday night at Tannadice against Dundee United. So selfishly, I'd love to be there. But but as I say, if if Dundee United do stop Rangers winning today and we're crowned champions, then it's still going to be a party on Wednesday night. So I genuinely, my slight preference would be to win it ourselves. But I'm not going to lose too much sleep if we're we're crowned champions today. And how do you how do you celebrate when it does happen? Oh, we've been celebrating for weeks. We've been doing it for weeks. Um the the good thing is that we have as much as it's been quite a tight title race this season, the last few weeks basically, ever since we won at Ibrooks at the start of April, 
we've kind of I've kind of known I think at that stage or certainly felt that we were going to win the league. So we've had probably a month of, of gearing up for this. Um the Derby last week, the draw with Rangers, it was only a draw, but it was good enough for us. That was a celebration and in, in its own way. Yesterday was Wednesday or, or, or today will be whenever we actually clinch the title. And then obviously we get the trophy next weekend against Motherwell. Um, and that'll be the major celebration. So there's been so much celebrating. Don't worry about that. The uh, the win away against Rangers a couple of uh, about a month ago now the one that you mentioned at Ibrox that game so we've on our station here we've been broadcasting uh, Celtic matches through the back half of the season on uh, on our live uh, live broadcast and that game that match felt like it was the turning point at the time then and it still feels like that now um, looking back now how um, how uh, important was was that match and. I guess the significance was it realised at that moment as well when when the game was on that this could be the the thing that actually separates Celtic from Rangers. Yeah, that that's, I mean it's easy to say now, um, but that that is the game. That was the moment when the the whole season was was at a crossroads. I think we were three ahead going into that game. Um, if they'd have won it, it would have gone level. I think technically we we would still be ahead on goal difference even if they had won that match given the way games have gone since then. But that was that was the big one. And yeah, as I said a minute ago, full time at Ibrooks that day, you kind of could almost almost say at that stage that, that Celtic were going to win the league. I mean, that was the major, major result because as is always the case with, with these huge games at the top, they call them six pointers. Um because you get yourself three points, but you also deny the opposition from getting three points. So that was a major, major game uh, as I look at it. I think also the derby on the 2nd of February at Celtic Park, which we won 3-0, was another major turning point because that was the night we went top of the league and we've not looked back since. In Scottish football, now as much as one side hates the other, Celtic and Rangers, is it still? do you still look at the other and think, well, Scottish football overall benefits from both sides being good at the same time? Or is the rivalry and the hatred, does it run so deep that you'd rather see them, see Rangers back down in the uh, in the lower divisions like they were a few years ago? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one because, um, I mean, I, I found that whole um, series of events quite, quite funny, to be honest, Rangers in the lower leagues. Um, Celtic fans, I think, certainly had a a good bit of uh, laughter at, at Rangers' expense, but if we're if we're totally honest, I mean the the joy that Celtic fans are feeling right now from winning this league. I mean I, I'm 25 and, and Celtic have won the title 16 times in my life, and 15 of them have come in the 21st century. So it's been an incredible period of dominance for us. But I think many Celtic fans would tell you that this title win is is as enjoyable a win as we've had in, in a good number of years, I mean, probably since the late 90s. And I think a lot of that comes from the close competition, the, the fact that every single game has mattered this season, right from the first game of the season until this point. And yeah, Celtic are, you know, nine points clear right now. It looks quite a convincing title victory in, in many respects it is, but it's been tough this year. And yeah, that, that, whole, that whole kind of tension that I spoke about at the start comes from Rangers being in the league and being really close to us and it's been it's been great to see I mean this has just been an incredible incredible season obviously you know that's down to Ange and the players more than it is Rangers or anyone like that but I think it's all contributed to you know this this amazing end to the season that we're all feeling 
the, the phrase trust the process has become a, a catch cry for the fans this <laughs> season. Is that, do you, do you get a sense of calm and trust in the way the team plays, even when you do find yourself a goal down like you were the other night? Yeah, I think it, it probably originates from near the start of the season when the results weren't following maybe the performances and, and the performances maybe deserved more than than they were getting. And maybe it was just something we could lean on and to, to keep us all, you know, positive at that stage when things were things were kind of bleak when Ange first came in. We had we lost three of our first six league games. We were thumped four 0 by Bayer Leverkusen at home. And I think that was something we could just lean on and, and almost maybe convince ourselves that Ange's working in the background, things are going to be okay. And it's turned out to be, you know, it's turned out to be the case that, that Ange has turned all this around and we were right to trust the process. And I think the great thing for Celtic fans is that the process isn't finished. That this isn't like the process being completed as winning the league. We're still trusting the process and, and the process still has a long way to go. Future seasons, I think Celtic next season will be will be even better with a pre-season behind us. We, we didn't really have that this season. The vast majority of signings we made were made at the end of the summer. So we'll have a full pre-season this year for, for you know, the, the guys who've signed in January from Japan, etc. We'll have the Champions League, um, which will hopefully take the team to new heights. The theory is that we'll sign better players because we have the Champions League football to offer. And I think Ange will, will rise to the, the challenge as well of, of the Champions League. So, yeah, the process is still being trusted here. Australians have a uh, have had an interest in Scottish football for a little while now because we've had so many connections to to the league, to Celtic, even to Rangers as well in the past, and other other teams currently in the league. I mean, uh, Hearts themselves have two Aussies on their uh, in their squad with uh, Nathaniel Atkinson and Cam Devlin, who both played here in the A League in Australia for a number of seasons. But with Celtic, there's a there's a strong connection there with Tom Rogic at the moment. Uh, Daniel Arzani was there for a brief period. Mark Viduka prior to that. Scott McDonald as well. But obviously, Ange Postacoglu, uh, who was uh, one of the best ever managers we've had in our A-League uh, ever and then was a, a Socceroos boss for a little while. He's the, the big connection now, obviously. And so we have a, a high interest in, in what's happening with Celtic at the moment because of him. You cover the, the club and your emotions week to week closely on your podcast, 67 Hail Hail. Um, there was uh, there was a bit of disappointment around uh, around Celtic fans when Postacoglu was initially signed to the club at the start of the season. There was the infamous clip uh, of of Alan Brazil on Talksport in in England uh, asking who is he and why have Celtic signed this manager? How is how have Celtic fans come around now to Ange Postacoglu over the course of the season? And really, how quickly did did things turn when uh, when you realised oh this this bloke can actually manage? Well, I think I think there were two things. The first thing was that, that when we first heard about Ange Postacoglu, and, and let's be frank, it was a name that not too many of us had ever heard of. I, I'll be honest and say I hadn't ever heard his name. It arrived right after um, our pursuit of Eddie Howe, um, the now Newcastle manager, had just collapsed. And it was a tough gig for Ange at that stage. We'd gone from having our eyes set on this well-known former English Premier League manager for, I think, three or four months, and then that collapsed, and we were suddenly hit with a guy who, as I say, we, we didn't really know much about. So the, that was the original reaction, and I think that's where a lot of the Alan Brazil stuff and maybe some of the media stuff comes from. And I'll be honest, some Celtic fans as well at that stage. But then when Postacoglu was appointed, and even before then, the Celtic fans bought into it completely. There was probably some doubts, 
But I mean, I, I was at our first competitive match of this season, and there was only, I think, eight or 9,000 people there due to uh, COVID. Um, but Ange came out before the match and got a, a huge ovation, like a massive ovation from the Celtic support. And this was before we'd even played a competitive match. So the Celtic support were completely bought into Ange by the time he came to the club and arrived in Scotland. Um, and I think it's important, you know, people kind of realise that. And Ange has spoken about that himself as well. He's spoken about the fact that Celtic fans almost enjoyed Ange being written off because it meant we could really get behind him and we could all fight this together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a huge part of the season. But he's, he's absolutely loved here. Um, I think he's loved as much as he is in Australia, maybe even more. Um, he's, he's, loved, he's loved by the Celtic support. And as I keep saying, this this is just the beginning. I mean, it's hard to imagine us having any more you know, adulation for him. But if he does something in Europe next season or the following season, then that'll be the case. Is there a, uh, as, as much as, as, as much love as you do have, is there a sense also of, uh, of maybe a looming departure not that there's been any speculation or anything but you know if, if performances continue like this and results keep coming uh there might be there might be you know clubs on the continent who want to sign him is there are there offers that might be uh might be sort of thrown Andrew's way in the future well we had brendan rogers a few years ago who who left the club to go to leicester a couple of days before we had a huge game in edinburgh in fact a couple of huge games in edinburgh middle of February and it didn't go down well at all with the fans uh, across the city Stephen Gerrard left earlier in the season for Aston Villa and a, a very similar kind of up sticks and, and, and move on famous last words maybe I, I, I don't get the impression Ange would do the same I, I think he's I think he's more invested in Celtic maybe than, than someone like Rodgers was and I think he also I, I dare say he does have ambitions to manage maybe in the English Premier League or the Bundesliga or somewhere like that in the future. But I think he's clever as well. And I think he knows how volatile, um, you know, that market is down south. And um, I think Andrew would be a huge success at any club he goes to. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant manager. But I think he has a lot of unfinished business at Celtic. I mean, if, if an English Premier League club came in for him during next season properly and, you know, really went after him, I think it would be interesting, but I tend to think that, that Ange has at least another couple of seasons at Celtic to, to achieve something big in Europe. I think that's where he'll look at making his mark at Celtic. Winning the league's great domestically, but I think he'll want to really achieve something in Europe before he moves on. Yeah. Hamish Carton with us from the 67 Hail Hail podcast. One more question out of Australian self-interest on Tom Rogic. His return to form this season is uh, one of the probably one of the better technical players we've we've sent off overseas from uh, from our Australian league, and he's been great for for Celtic for for nearly a decade. But there was a couple of years uh, prior to this season where he'd just fallen out of favour a bit. Um, but he's been back in form this season. He's being used uh, by Ange Postecoglou a bit more, so I think the Australian connection probably helps that. But not not totally uh, in a you know he's not the star player of the team. There's others around him, but. He's returned to form this season. Um, the the contribution that Tom Rogic has provided to Celtic for the last almost ten years. What what figure does he? What what is his uh, significance? I guess um, to the Celtic squad and and the and the fan love that he gets. He's been a huge player for us. He he's been a huge player for us for a number of years now. I think he's probably probably had his best season as a Celtic player this season. 
Um, the only one I can think that comes close to that was the Invincible season in, in 2016-2017. I think he's been better than that and I think he's still only maybe 29 years old. He's, he's still got a lot of football in him and he just offers us something that, that nobody else really does, that, that bit of creativity. Um, when he's on form, he's, he's just absolutely brilliant. And yeah, I think when, when Ange came to the club, it was the, the easy thing to do was, was to just assume that, that Tom Rogic would be brilliant. I think there's more to it than that. I don't. I think if it was as simple as, you know, Aussies playing well for Aussie managers, then Ange would just sign a full team of Aussies. Um, I think Tom Rogic has, Tom Rogic has hit new heights. Um, I think he's he's fitter than he's ever been. I think he's playing longer, in matches than than he's ever been before. There was always a a, a thing about Tom Rogic amongst the Celtic support, and I, I don't know if it, for the Socceroos as well, where he could only seem to play sixty minutes and then he would come off and I think now Ange has given him the chance to play 90 minutes and he's he's very rarely let him down at all he's he's been brilliant um, and again he's going to be a huge player next season in the Champions League he's one of the few players at Celtic who has already played in the Champions League for Celtic so he's going to know all about it um, and he's a player who I think can play at the highest level um, I'm I'm kind of surprised an English team has, has never really taken a, a punt on Tom Rogic because he could in my opinion, he could play for most teams down in the Premier League, but I'm more than happy for him to to stick around because he's great. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of signings this season that might have been a bit left field uh, from what fans might have expected previous uh, heading into this season. So Ange Postecoglou brings in Kyogo Furuhashi, Cameron Carter-Vickers, who's been in the UK for a little bit, uh, Joe Hart as well, who's a known quantity, but then others like. Uh, Juranovic and, and Jakub Marcus and Jota as well. The the transfer strategy of Ange Postacoglu and then what might be for next season with, with the Champions League and, and European football looming, um, is it, do you sort of get caught off guard by some of the names that he brings in, but then, uh, you know, also pleasantly surprised by how well they perform? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, a bit like Postacoglu, a number of the players we signed this season that I hadn't heard of and we were we awoke to the news in, in August or whenever it was at I think half seven in the morning of the signing of Kyogo Furuhashi and similar things happened in, in the other signings we made in Japan uh, in January sorry players like Matt O'Reilly came out of the blue really um, after the Riley McGree stuff had kind of fallen through so yeah I mean Ange says going forward that, that he's not going to change anything his belief is that you have a plan and you stick to it regardless of any additional things that come your way. So, for example, Champions League money, it doesn't seem like that's going to change Ange's plan at Celtic. It may allow him to attract a better calibre of player. It will probably allow him to spend a little bit more cash to, to bring quality to the club. But I think it's going to be a summer of few signings in comparison to last summer when we signed, I think, 11 or 12 players. I think he's going to really look for quality to add to the team. And we trust Ange in the transfer market because his record with transfers this season is incredible. It's only James McCarthy, really, that you would look at from the first team signings that you would say hasn't really been a success. Maybe Eddie Gucci as well, but we don't really know much about him. But the rest of the signings, Starfelt, Carter Vickers, Jota, Kyogo, Maida, Hart, Juranovic, um, you know, the uh, Patati, they've, they've all been real, real successes. And it's because Ange knows what he wants for the team and he knows how he can get it. So, um, yeah, more power to him.
And now with Champions League football on the cards for next season, is the squad deep enough to play uh, and compete for both titles domestically and in Europe? Or well, not titles in Europe, I, I suppose. Keep your, you know, stay realistic. But still, you want to compete well and try and make it through the group stage. So is the is the squad deep enough to compete in both? Yeah, we could probably do with a couple more in, in some positions. Celtic, Celtic play around 60 matches every season. So being in the Champions League next year, I suppose, isn't going to be anything new from for the team. I mean, we've been in group stage football for probably like the last 10 years or so, every single season. I suppose it will be a, a harder um, you know, quality of opposition or a better quality of opposition we're playing in the Champions League in midweek, and it may take more out of the legs going into the weekend fixtures. So we could probably do with a couple of bits of quality. In, in certain areas, but I think in general we've got we've got real strength and depth. I mean, we've got four attacking midfielders for two positions. We've got Kyogo and Yakamakis who are kind of vying for the one position at the moment, and I think it's harsh on either of them not to be playing. Uh, you know, you've got players maybe maybe in the back line that that you think you could maybe strengthen. We can maybe do with another centre back. I think right back we're fine. We've got Ralston and Juranovic who are both. You know, pretty good players. Again, only one of them can play at a time. So I think in general we're okay. Just a couple of you know areas that we need to maybe uh, bring another player to in. Hey, Mish, are you looking to come down to Australia when uh, when Celtic come down for the Sydney Super Cup in November later this year? Uh, leave that one with me. Possibly, <laughs> we'll see. We we'll, we'll need to see how it goes. It is. I'm sure you'll be aware. It's a lot of planning, um, but it would be it would be amazing. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll maybe meet up if I, if I come over in, in November. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got a text message machine here from our listeners, and Jimmy sent through a text saying, uh, Hamish Carton, 67, hail, hail, great bloke, 13 degrees at Celtic Park, and Hamish wants to take his shirt off. Ha, ha, ha. That's me all over. That's just, that, that's just Scottish people all over. Yeah. I know. It's uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, Hamish, uh, good luck for the, uh, for the matches that remain this season. The title, I'm sure, is only a matter of... Uh, a couple of footballing minutes away, so uh, enjoy that and enjoy the celebrations that uh, that will ensue, I'm sure. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate your time. Hamish Carton from the 67 Hail Hail podcast with us uh, talking all things Celtic uh, with the title potentially wrapped up tonight if, uh, if uh, Rangers drop points to Dundee United uh, this evening with the game starting at midnight, so about an hour and a half away. Um, then, uh, then Celtic, the title will be theirs. But as Hamish said, you probably want to win it at home. So when uh, when they've got uh, when they've got uh, well at home or at a you know in the stadium, I think their next game's an away game against uh, against Dundee. So uh, nonetheless, they'll uh, all be buying their tickets to go to Dundee United and maybe win the title there and celebrate it with Celtic fans and the team at the park. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.